I'm Lisa. I'm Caleb. And I'm Sean. And this is Watcher Harry, a podcast where three obsessive and slightly drunk friends discuss the wider Harry Potter universe. Um, and as a reminder, this podcast is not safe for kids. There'll be foul language, probably suggestive language. Uh, just whatever. Don't let your kids listen to it. Thanks. Drugs, alcohol. We're so good at their intros. I actually really love that our intro is scattered every single time because mm-hmm. it keeps our listeners on their toes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here for. Just to, to keep the right. fans guessing. guessing. Uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> So what, what are you drinking, Lisa? Oh, we're starting with me this week. Um, I'm getting better every, every week. It's an improvement. Significant. This is is a journey. This Mm -hmm. has been a journey for me. Um, But I have, I haven't tried this beer yet. I was waiting to try it for this. Um, This is a Fremont and Bale Breaker collab. Um, I like, I like both of these breweries quite a bit. Bale Breaker. I like a little more than Fremont, um, just because I think they have a little bit more variety, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fremont also has quite a bit of variety, um, but they are both local Washington breweries. This one is called the Cultivision, and it's a cold IPA, oh. which I don't know what that means. Like the way it's like mm-hmm. a, is it like a cold brew? I couldn't tell yet. Cold hop. Have you I, taken I, a Have you taken a sip yet? Nope, I have oh. not. All right, well, let's see it. All right. Let's get those tasting notes. It tastes like, I mean, it tastes like an IPA, you know, nice. it's a little bit more resiny than I would typically go for. Okay. The um, face like Lisa's it, making is not like not she's good. enjoying what she's selecting. No, <laughs> I, it's not that. I think it's just, it's just not what I would normally go for. Um, what do you normally like, go for? Uh, I mean, I would prefer to like, I would rather have like a hazy or something that's a little bit more of that, like bright citrusy Mm -hmm. hop. Like I like, I like that type of bitter. Mm -hmm. Um, This one smells like I am drinking a, just like a bunch of weed nugs. Yeah. When you say resin, I think bong water. Yeah. That's, that's Mm -hmm. what that means. Right. In this context. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it does not taste like bong water. It just smells like I'm like literally got like a fresh, like just a whole bunch of pot and like not typically what I would go for. Um, Interesting. So, um, but it's not bad. I mean, I love Bell Breaker. I think that the, the can is kind of what got me because it's got a tractor and there's a great blue heron sitting on it. Nice. <laughs> so if you want to know how to draw Lisa in, the things she loves are tractors and great blue herons on tractors. I just learned what sound they made. It's like, <laughs> wait, do it again. In a Scottish <gasps> in the Scottish accent. <laughs> that's what that's what they sound like? Yeah, they sound <laughs> terrible. They're not, yeah, they're terrible sounding birds. They like they sound like there's just like something stuck in their throat like it's just like rattling around. Can you imagine being born a bird and you're the bird that's like ah! right, surrounded by like all of the birds that make like really nice pretty sounds um and you are just the one that's like ah! <laughs> You just sound like you stepped on glass. You're all like <laughs> I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. <laughs> no, not, nor am I. Um, although I probably will be soon because boy, am I super hungry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I'm gonna probably be drunk in about here. Oh, be careful. It's just, what's what's just... the ABV? Oh, I don't know. I didn't even look. Uh seven and a half. Oh, yep, you're that, fucked. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just learned this thing as alcohol metabolizes in your body, it tricks your body into thinking it's eaten already. 
Oh, oh no. So much. Make yourself eat. Oh, I will. That makes I mean, so you know much me. sense though. Mm-hmm. You know me. I am if I'm not eating constantly, I'm generally pretty unhappy. Yeah. Um, I did eat a bunch of French fries before. Oh, that's good. Beforehand. Um, yeah. so like it's not like I haven't eaten nothing, right? I'm just mm-hmm. not enough for me for me. I always forget to eat when mm-hmm. I'm drinking. It's mm-hmm. like it's not only does my body convince itself it's full, but my my brain is just like you food, like you're too powerful for too food. Powerful you don't for- need that. <laughs> it's carbs. You're getting carbs. <laughs> yeah. Sean, what you drinking? So I am drinking uh Kate May. Oh say can you see Rocket Pop hard seltzer? And it is bioluminescent blue. <laughs> oh my God. Did you know that? Which is why. So I was. That's the the one that I said was like compound. That's it's the compound V. Yeah. Um, that is a a boys reference for any fans of the television show The Boys out there. If you Um, didn't know that, Sean and I are giant fucking nerds. (laughs) Let's just keep digging our hole deeper. Yeah, I really love that, Lisa. I feel like over the the course of of this series together, we have just remembered all of like the very highly specific things just we're very into that like Caleb is is not aware of or interested in. I'm not aware. I'm over here at the Civil War Museum. (laughs) We are different people. Just a different kind of giant nerd. Yeah, very different. But um, but no, I was, at the, I was at the brewery a couple weekends, or I guess maybe last weekend, and everyone around me had this like blue drink. And I was like, I got to get that blue juice. I got I to <laughs> get my hands on that. So, so then I um, I got it in like a flight and it tastes like a melted rocket pop. It's so sweet. It's so good. Oh, OK. That sounds amazing. What's the ABV on it? Uh, 6%. So it's it's not too shabby. That'll fuck you up. Yeah. A couple of these. Get in there. Yep. So I'll drink okay. it. Yeah. So, Caleb, what are you drinking? So, I am down in Richmond for the week visiting my sweetie. And there's a local place called Star Hill Brewery. So, I'm drinking the Ramble On Juicy IPA. It tastes like any IPA, but it's nice and juicy, hazy. And I wanted to actually get like an interesting thing that's not from a variety pack this week. <laughs> nice. So, Smart. Pretty good. I'm on my just, second one. You didn't bring a victory variety pack down with you. I didn't. I actually saw a Victory Tallboy at the store and I was like, no, <laughs> not today. <laughs> um, speaking not. of tall boys, I wanted to give a quick shout out to my friend Molly, um, who was listening, who is one of our biggest fans on our podcast. Hi, Molly. Um, and she was listening just like you got alcohol from your friends because they were listening to the podcast she brought me a topo chico tall boy seltzer because i said i liked it so she brought me one for my birthday (laughs) that's very sweet thank you molly well i guess we'll see if i have any friends yeah so caleb's (laughs) friends get it together i'll just be my mom who still doesn't know what a podcast (laughs) is i brought you a stack of bills becky just like tries to listen to this podcast thinks through it to find it so what are we talking about today the man of the hour himself the chosen one to be if you will the almost chosen one the almost oh right the almost chosen one wow what a switcheroo there lisa the only mr neville longbottom neville neville Uh, that's right we're doing a character deep dive into just one of our favorite boys Oh, just the sweetest boy. The best boy. The best boy. 
Not oh, the I head boy, but heart. the best boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caleb, you would. <laughs> I would have just taken him for all he was worth in like third year. <laughs> would have been awful. He's everyone I ever dated. <laughs> Every oh. cis boy I ever dated was another love bottom. But then they all glow up. They do. They all figure I'm out. Their low, I'm their low point. And just like no. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and what a glow up does our boy have? <laughs> just like <laughs> what a what a day. I'm I dropped a, a photo of adult Matthew Lewis into the bottom of our notes, and I just keep scrolling down to look at oh, this. My. Oh my! I'm familiar chest. with this photo. Oh my! My gosh. my my. Yeah. Oh, oh my. I wouldn't have thought to be shirtless in a cardigan. I think, and I think my favorite too is, you know, how about like the third movie, they really just stopped trying to make Hermione unattractive. They were just like, we get it. You you look the way that you look. Mm -hmm. Um, And it took them a really long time to get there with Neville. Like they kept really trying, but Matthew Lewis was like, oh, I'm hot. Mm -hmm. I, I do think it took a little bit longer for that actor to get. Oh, for sure. As yeah, well. no, it took it took him a, it took him a minute to really he, like grow yeah. into himself. He had his teeth done. Um, yeah, that's did. and that's fine. We are not judging. And that's fine. No. And, and he like lost the baby fat. Correct. And, and but even by like the second part of the movie, like even though he hadn't had his teeth fixed by that point, he was still just like it was very evident that Neville was attractive, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was just like and they were trying so hard. To, to make it and they like gave up yes. on like a couple of the kids right like dean thomas right he's just in the background like oh i'm honky just being like a- yep <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they gave him fake teeth for the first couple of movies i think to make oh, him okay. more unattractive interesting give him i that, did like, not know that buck tooth they did not do that with her body. appearance really no yeah then they should because she actually has to. it in the book. Yeah, she's yeah. got like chipmunk teeth. That's what they always call her. Right. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Neville, as we know him in the book, um, I mean, he starts off kind of miserable. How do we meet him? So we meet him on the train mm-hmm. to Hogwarts. Um, we meet him because Hermione is running around the train mostly just like being nosy busting into people's compartments you see using... it as nosy oh absolutely i think no. she's using neville as an excuse <gasps> she's, she's just being bossy oh yeah. i never she's thought just, of that i think she's just yeah she wants to get the lay of the land figure out where people are like what people are doing um and so she walks in and she's like have either you seen a, bo- a trev a trev toad a boy named <laughs> neville's lost one <laughs> A, a trev toad a trev toad <laughs> have anybody seen a trev toad um and they're like mm, no and then she like drags neville in to the compartment at one point when they're coming back and then um, he's like i'm sorry i exist which i mean i understand this is not this is not a hermione focused episode but like i don't know if i'm trying to get the lay of the <laughs> land and i'm like a little kid and like i guess i gotta meet friends you know what i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna run to part like compartment to compartment and be like you seen a frog like right. you have a frog in here <laughs> You are, you must be so proud of yourself that you had social sense, Sean. Cause I think I would have, like, <laughs> I'm, it's almost, I, I see her, or I saw it as her, like, social justice warrioring to be like, I mean, I think she certainly was doing this. that for sure. Like, yeah. she was definitely trying to find a solution, but I think also she just, like, was using that as an opportunity to, like, see what other people were up to. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
and like yeah. push her things, push herself into things. I bet she could sense Neville was weak. And she weak. was like, this is my platform. Dark. This is my project. This boy this is my project. project. Can't wait for the Hermione episode where we're, we're gonna, gonna really gonna be scathing. Turn <laughs> okay, but. so why don't we start? Like, what what do we know about Neville? Just like his general life. So even before we we get to the books, so we know that he was raised by his grandmother Augusta Longbottom, who was just called Grand throughout the books. Um. We don't know why he's raised by his grandmother until much, much later in the series. Um, we know that his family thought he was a squib. Uh, they feared he didn't have any magical abilities because he didn't demonstrate any magical characteristics till he was eight years old. Um, Caleb, I think you dropped this in our notes. It's the um, quote from, is it Sorcerer's Stone? Uh, yes. Okay. And the, the quote is the family thought I was all muggle for ages. My great uncle Algie kept trying to catch me off guard and force some magic out of me, but nothing happened until I was eight. Great uncle Algie came around for tea and he was hanging me out of an upstairs window by the ankles when my great auntie Enid offered him a meringue and he accidentally let go, but it bounced all the way down to the garden and into the road. They were all really pleased. Gran was crying. She was so happy. So uh, this is horrifying. What an origin. <laughs> What I also picture, I picture it like Michael Jackson tangling the baby. Oh on my the balcony. god! Oh god! So the part I cut out of the quote because we got a solid monologue from him on the train about who he was. Um, his uncle also like pushed him into like water, like some body of water, and he almost drowned. So they were just doing everything they could. A great to... uncle Alfie should not be, or Algie, whatever his yeah. name is, should not be coming around children. No, no, no. no. But he was so pleased that he bought Neville Trevor, Trevor. the toad. And he does love Trevor. He does I, love Trevor. I also, I understand we're supposed to believe that his family was just like desperate at this point to get him to show magic. But like, it, is murder it, the solution? It, right. It can't be great to be like, I guess we're going to inflict like massive amounts of trauma on this child to try to get a response. The T word does not exist. We know this. Right. Right. There is, no trauma, the there is no trauma in the wizarding world. It's, um, I, so I was reading a lot about him today and reflecting on them trying to like, cons- I almost see it as them like conspiring for his success. Totally. To they're like the guy, the kids gotta do something, um, but they well, went about it really awfully. <laughs> the way that I kind of think about it is like just those, like when you have those dads, right. Who are like, desperate for their kids to be into sports mm-hmm. and they're just not and they're like come on son let's go throw a ball and they like throw the ball at the kid and it just hits them in the face and they're like fuck yeah you know like that's yeah. you know like yeah. the kid who yeah. just like their family is so desperate for them to like have that connection with them and he doesn't have it yeah. and like they're doing everything they can to try to and like, like they just force it out of them I bet the trauma of his uh, parents and all of that shit is what kept the magic from showing itself. Totally. Yeah. Because that's probably a survival thing, too. I mean, and I think for Neville, too, right? Like, I think we're going to get into this. um, I mean, when we don't necessarily have to get into it right at this moment, but I think for Neville, right? Nothing good magic wise has ever happened for Neville, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, his parents were Aurors, the most like, you know, trained wizards that you possibly could be. And look where they ended up, you know, and 
So I think for, for Neville, certainly like growing up without his parents and understanding why he grew up without his parents, which he mm-hmm. clearly did, yeah. um, was enough for him to just be like, mm, I don't need that in my life. Yeah, that's a really great point. And I'm sure it didn't help that, you know, I mean, he might have just been a little bit later to show magical characteristics than even like maybe a, a the general development of like a wizarding child. Although I'd read something on like Harry Potter wiki, mm-hmm. how he actually, I don't know, again, not canon, just like something. I'm sure she said at a later point, J.K. Yeah. Rowling said at a later point, but that he had like as like a, a the teensy newborn baby had like moved his blankets by magic, which showed mm-hmm. like a natural, you know, Affinity ability to to do that. What it's not, but that's not real, whatever. But regardless, <laughs> um, but I'm sure when you're you're not only dealing with like this child who has suddenly become orphaned, but also the the trauma that his family is going through, and they're now from having lost this you know their son and daughter-in-law and that's all mixed up in the way that they're raising this child which is now just like trauma compounded with other people's trauma yeah. and expectations on you right and to be a pure blood right like the yes. pressure of being a pure blood and like maybe the last of the long bottom line mm-hmm. yeah absolutely sense. he was even using his father's wand um up until right. the fifth book when it broke so there is a, a heavy shadow on our yeah. neville and, and like, he like kid. all of a sudden started to be better at magic too when he didn't. Yes. Right. Like when yeah. and and you know the the book certainly attributes some of that to to Harry just being a patient teacher mm-hmm. and like also Neville being in an environment that he felt safe and like allowed to make mistakes, which yeah. which felt which was like a huge huge thing for him, I think. But like also having the proper magical equipment and not mm-hmm. having to live in the shadow of your parents. Right. Is just like. Wow. Yeah. And I read another bit about his father's wand. It was like a 13 inch something wand, which oh, is like, man, like what we've talked about in wand lore with like the length being um, commensurate to your like character and integrity. So like dude must've been like a very good guy. And like he lives in that shadow, like you said, and the thing didn't choose him. Yeah. He was right. kind of really screwed uh, all over the place. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we we will get there. Um, so to go so back, like I said, raised by his grandmother, she like basically always told him he's a disappointment to the family, which is yeah. not something you're supposed to tell a child. Yeah. Um, made him use his father's wand. Um, he la- he came into school lacking an incredible amount of confidence um that lasted for years and years. Um we find out his parents were um, Frank and Alice. They were part of the original members of the Order of the Phoenix, and they were tortured into insanity post Voldemort's fall at the Potter's house by Bellatrix Lestrange, Rodolphus Lestrange, Robaston Lestrange, and of course, our favorite Barty Crouch Jr. Um, his parents are alive, but stay full time at St. Mungo's and don't recognize Neville at all. Um, yeah. We also know that according to the Harry Potter wiki, Neville was so convinced he was going to be put in Hufflepuff that he argued with the sorting hat when they told him he should be in Gryffindor and said, (laughs) no, I should be in Hufflepuff until finally the hat won and put him in Gryffindor, which I think is the cutest story. That is really cute. It is very cute. The hat had to put in work that day. Well, uh, we know in that book that like Neville was sitting on that stool for like a very long time. Mm -hmm. By the time Harry came around, 
the house. Like, can you just listen to me? Yeah. Motherfuckers. Like, yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Lisa, you had I, your hand up. I did. It was mostly more of amusing that it's, it's more of a beef that I want to like a grievance I'd like to air. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I'm, I was re-listening to the fifth Harry Potter book. Technically, I still am. Um, I'm trying to take a step back from falling asleep to the Harry Potter books because I do it too often. Um, That's consuming my life. Um, But um, anyway, the, the scene where they go to St. Mungo's and they see Neville, right. They like, they're all shocked by this information. They all look at Harry and Harry's like, "Mm, yeah, I knew about it, but I wasn't supposed to tell you. Um, And the, he at like he mentions he's like yeah bellatrix lestrange is the one who did it and they're all shocked right by this information of this woman that they didn't know in what world why wasn't he like oh yeah remember our defense against the dark arts teacher last year he was the one who did it <laughs> like why does Whoa. everybody always give credit to bellatrix when barty crouch was very much there he's part of it that's and that was much more that's much more related to them than Bellatrix is. Yeah. <laughs> like, especially at this time. Like, I know she, like, presents herself as, like, important in the future. But, like, right. at this time, like, nobody gives a fuck about her. You, but, yeah. like, you know, the teacher that they all had for a year feels you, a little bit more You think relatable. he would be like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I can talk about this now. Yeah. How crazy was that? But, no, they're so casual about it. They're like, mm-hmm. yeah, we, like, never talk about Barty Crouch Jr. again after never. the fourth mm-hmm. book. And it's mm-hmm. so traumatized. It's, like, that's so fucked up. Like, and Matt Moody just, he mentions it once in the way that's, like, his eye gets sticky now. Does, like, since. okay, does Neville even know that, like, the man who was, like, kind of super nice to him and, like, gave him his herbology books and shit like that, that he was the guy who helped torture his parents? Do we it's even a, know if Neville knows that? Do you Great think question. Percy and Neville have, like, a support group later down the line where they're, like, all this information everyone kept from us? Oh my God. <laughs> that's in the gay fanfic title. <laughs> I assume that's they bond over people not telling them that their rat was a killer and that their teacher was the guy who like tortured their parents. Oh my god. Also, um uh Neville deserves better than Percy Weasley. What'd you say? Neville deserves better than Percy Weasley. Neville deserves better than a lot of what we got he got, but we're gonna keep that to the end because I have right. some yeah, serious grapes with like Ooh. Neville's future. Me too, right. especially right. his love life. But especially right. mostly his love life. Mostly Thank yeah. you. For okay. letting me air that grievance. Yeah, I think that's a so. solid grievance. Very yeah. solid. Accepted. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, do we want to just start kind of going through our kind of like big Neville highlights throughout the books? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So I'd love to talk about so we talked a little bit about how we met Neville. So he lost Trevor, um, which is a theme throughout. Philosopher's Stone, right? He does. Does it ever become a like a more major plot point? What losing Trevor? I mean, he loses Trevor all the time. Yeah, um, but it never becomes like a. It's never a driving force of the plot. It's like Neville's just like I've lost Trevor again, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, Neville." Yeah, he's big dum dum. So yeah. that kicks off our like mini arc that we have in uh, Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone, I guess, depending on where you are. Um, so he's like a bumbling doofus. He's described as like chubby all the time because JK hates people who, you know, JK hates everyone else. Um, so he loses his toad. 
we see him break his arm during the first flying lesson uh, because a bully stole his remember all, right? Does Malfoy steal his remember all? He does, but he steals it after. So Neville breaks his, like, yeah, his armor's wrist because he, like, messes up his flying lesson and he goes okay. too high and then he falls. And then yeah. when he's being, like, taken to the hospital wing, I guess his, like, remember all falls out or something and then Malfoy steals it. Okay. Yeah, get- he doesn't really steal it from Neville. He just, like, steals it from. We get the famous line, give it here, Malfoy, which I give say. Give it here, Malfoy, or I'll knock you off your broom. I say it all the time. It's weird, actually. <laughs> I um, say it constantly. Um, so we see him. Yeah, he does a bunch of shit during the first book. Uh, most of it makes him look really dumb and incompetent. Teachers hate him. Other students make fun of him. He is almost reviled, but it's like he's like a weak animal. So people are also a little bit kind right, to him. Like they're a little bit like like overly tender. Yeah, like the trio is like kind enough to him throughout the first book, but he doesn't really make any great showing during the first parts of the book that make him seem like a significant character until where does he become like a more focal character? Well, so I I do think that towards the end of the book, we get some really great quiet Neville moments. So we like see this bravery emerging, even though when I was reading the books for the first time, like I remember being really annoyed with Neville, right? Mm Because he um, he ends up in the Forbidden Forest in detention with them because he um, finds out that, you know, he overhears Malfoy saying, like, Potter has a dragon, like, I'm going to tell people. And he tries mm-hmm. to sneak out of the common room to warn Harry and Hermione and ends up getting caught. And that's why he's, like, put in detention with the rest of them. And then when they are sneaking out of the common room to go save the Sorcerer's Stone from Voldemort, um, he... Uh, he tries to stop them. He like says like, no, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to lose us more points. He's like, you're not leaving. I'll fight you if I have to. Yeah. And then like Hermione does the the full um, body bind curse on him. And it's very embarrassing for him. And they feel really bad because they just like have to leave him like stunned in the common room. Right. Um, but you get that amazing moment at the end where, um, Dumbledore awards Neville for standing up to the trio. He gives him the final 10 points Gryffindor needs to win the House Cup. Um, and it's one of my my favorite quotes in the series, um, which is from the last chapter of Sorcerer's Stone. And it's, there are all kinds of courage, said Dumbledore, smiling. It takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies, but just as much to stand up to our friends. I therefore award 10 points to Mr. Neville Longbottom. And they say that it's like the first time he's like ever won points for the house. And it's like really, and it's really sweet. And it's like such a, such like a nice small victory for yeah. Neville. It's such like a human moment. Yeah. I just got goosebumps right now when he said that. I know. It's really, I really, I, there are so many Neville moments that I don't think that like in my first read through, I really thought about and going through it either like as an adult or just in subsequent readings or just like mm-hmm. thinking about Neville Neville for this I'm like oh it's he has like so such like great mm-hmm. heartwarming moments that are like quiet and tender and they don't they get like kind of swept aside yeah yeah even um so in the movies I think the movies did right by him honestly they cut mm-hmm. out a lot of things which you do they did but in the but I, I think they really paid respect to him and his like grand character arc. Um, and so doing the research for this episode, I was really pleasantly surprised to see a lot of tender interactions between the trio and Neville, like throughout the series. I think it might be Chamber of Secrets where they're 
um, starting to like duel and things like that. And um, we're like seeing the students start to like learn how to fight and defend each other. And there's more us and them. Um, and we see him being bullied like relentlessly by Malfoy's crew. And yeah. Harry tells him like, you're worth 12 of Malfoy. And then at a later point in the book, he's like, I'm worth 12 of you. <laughs> I know, which is just like, <laughs> sweet. So sweet. No. It's so sweet. But he's like, doing his best with what he has no, and know, starting and to it's process just, and right yeah he's starting to really believe it because he has you know he like harry ron and hermione are his closest friends mm-hmm. right which is so sad because he is not their closest friend yeah they're like don't get it twisted we're not really friends. right and it's we're but at nice the same time like they certainly do love neville mm-hmm. um just not it's, it's just not quite the same way um and like their faith in him gives him a lot of a lot of courage because it's like that the support that he gets even just from like these kind of like side friends mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> is like more encouragement than he's ever gotten from anyone else in his life right um you know and like we we hear it all the time where like when you said it was the first house points that he ever won um like he's used to losing house points because he doesn't understand things yeah and like, what the fuck? That's horrible. Yeah. And I, I think it's a lot like, you know, when we did our Ron deep dive, we kind of talked about how as we've gotten older, it's so much easier to see ourselves in Ron than it is to see us in Harry or Hermione or these more kind of stereotypically heroic characters and how our appreciation of Ron has grown uh, you know, as we've aged and reread the books. And that's like a lot how I feel about Neville mm-hmm. because kind of like with Ron where you're like, you know, like, do I want to identify with Ron? This is this character with like all these flaws. Like, why would I want to see myself in him? When you look at Neville, you're like, well, I don't want to identify with Neville. Like he, he's not the brave one. He's not the strong or the smart one. Like he's lonely a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And he comes off as like a, I, I don't I, I don't want to say like he's not like a pathetic character, but like there's a couple lines that are just like really heartbreaking because they really showcase that he he is so like isolated from a lot of, you know, the other people in this community. And he doesn't have this like strong friend group that Harry, Ron and Hermione have. And he doesn't have this great family life. And, you know, he doesn't do really great in school and, and all these things. And like you don't want to be a Neville. But mm-hmm. as you're reading, you're like, but th- he's just this like wonderful soft boy who I want to protect and who has this like incredible growth and he does it like despite all of these things working against him and he never really gets help like he just overcomes them because like he's a he has like such a strong internal character Mm -hmm. and I I see so much like more like qualities in Neville and I'm like I should be proud to be more like Neville as opposed to these more like one-dimensional brave or smart characters yeah yeah and we see him you know by the end of the story when he's like slaying the final Horcrux, like it's easy to want to be noble then um but who wants to go through putting in the work that he had to put in like they show right. a really like um unglamorous side of becoming a hero which i think is really helpful and really humbling too like we would all be so lucky to be that bumbling little kid who becomes like the hero at the end yeah I think 
I think one of the things that is so, so special about Neville is that like, he is so selfless. Like he is the opposite of selfish, right? Like he, when he stands up to Ron, Harry and Hermione, it's, you know, so that he can stand up for the rest of the house because he, they keep losing the house points. Mm-hmm. And he is also feels guilty that he's lost a lot of house points mm-hmm. um, because of them. Right. Yeah. And like he, when, when the time comes time, which we're going to get to, but when it comes time to go to the ministry of magic in the fifth book, you know, he's the first one to be like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Like, of course we're coming. Yeah. Like we care too. Like, of course we're going to be there. And, yeah. you know, and even Ginny's like, well, what do you mean? You're not leaving me behind. Like I care about Sirius, like leave them behind. Yeah. But don't leave me behind. And Neville's like, fuck that. No, like we're coming. Like we want to help. We want to make sure that you're safe. And it's like, Neville, that's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, and because we're seeing obviously so much kind of from Harry's point of view, you also like you have this sense that like Neville is is developing and becoming this like really amazing person and like Harry doesn't see it for a really long time so like you yeah. as a reader might see it but Harry doesn't so when right. he's like I think he says and we'll we'll jump ahead a little because I think it's really like the fifth book that Neville starts to become kind of one of our major characters like really he's like part of the group yeah, yeah so he has like he has like kind of minor things in you know the third and fourth book he goes to the Yule Ball with Ginny, he asks mm-hmm. out Hermione. He's as horny as everybody else in Goblet of Fire. He's but dancing. Like, he's, he's doing great. <laughs> um, but it's really in, in the fifth book where um, he joins, you know, the DA and he's really just becoming a, a better wizard. He, mm-hmm. His skills are increasing. He has the motivation to do it, especially once the Death Eaters are broken out of Azkaban. Um, that's where we're seeing this kind of like really rapid development that is, you know, stemming from his trauma and his anger and and his fear that the people who tortured his parents are out. Um, But Harry keeps like, like they'll make these comments. Like I think when he's on the train and Cho walks by and he's in the car with like Neville and Ginny and Neville's like plant has like exploded on them. I love that scene. And (laughs) and, like Harry says something where she, he's like, oh, like I wish like Cho had found me with like cooler people or whatever. And it's like, he can't like appreciate what he has in Neville. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this keeps coming into mind for me and it's so unfortunate. Um, that thing that we probably all said or thought or reflected upon when we were younger of like, this is the person you marry, but not the person you want to date when you're like <laughs> yeah. in grade school. Absolutely. He's that person. Or he seems like that person. Like, he's just so solid. I mean, and that's the thing about Neville, right? And like Neville has, wow, does he just have such a actual realistic growth, right? He doesn't mm-hmm. go from being like, um, like weak and scared and and all of these things, kind of like from zero to, I almost made like <laughs> Hercules, <laughs> Hercules from like zero to hero, just like that. Like he doesn't do that, you know. Yeah. Um, he does. He has like a more gradual arc. Like you start to see it especially in like the fifth book right when when they do go to the ministry and harry's like great this was not the group people i would have expected to be going to the ministry yeah. with but here we go i, I think that was the last one standing mm-hmm. and he even says he's like like out of everyone in the da i like wouldn't have picked these two and i'm like oh, well you want to bring seamus like what do you thing. mean who's the last people yeah. you would pick in the da there's a lot of dumb i mean i would have picked fred and george ideally oh, but yeah 
you know. Oh yeah, um, well that's just like bringing two bombs into the ministry. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I mean. I they would have gotten distracted. The they would have gotten shit done. Yeah. Um, but like <laughs> I and I hear what he's saying, right? Like you wouldn't necessarily want you know, folks who you, you're afraid are going to be a liability. Yeah. Right. And I understand where he's coming from there, but like Neville fucking proves himself time and time again. And he is the last, he is a fighter. He is hardworking. Yeah. He is going to do his fucking very best. And his very best might not be magic related. Yeah. His very best might be everything else. And that's what you fucking need on your team. Yeah. He was yeah. finally tested in the same context that Harry had been tested in yeah. since he was like a 10 or 11. Uh, and he passed it admirably. Like they break his nose in the um, ministry battle, and he's yeah, still he like fucking goes. trying to shout spells with his broken nose, and like never gives up and all that shit. Like yeah, and they're like threat. Yeah. The Death Eaters like threatening him. You know, like give us the prophecy, or like we're gonna kill your friends. And Neville's mm-hmm. like, "Fuck him, Harry! Don't yeah. do it!" Like he's like, "Let me die!" Yeah. <laughs> totally. And like, and then like, Bellatrix Strange specifically comes for him. She's like, "Oh, a long bottom. Like, let's get there." And she's like, "Yo, I'm the one who fucked off your parents. I'm gonna fuck you up too." And he's like, "Bring it, bitch." Yeah, like, he's so cool. Like, he's so cool in the fifth book. He's really cool. He's so cool all across the board, right? Like he just like continuously grows into this like really robust character that mm-hmm. like for a lot of a lot of JK's, I feel like side characters, so to speak, right? Like they don't necessarily get to have actual character form. And mm-hmm. Neville really does get that. And yeah. I think that's what makes him just such a compelling character and i love that he was our like low slow burn background arc mm-hmm. like you gotta look out for him i'd love to go reread just looking for him yeah yeah and see how yeah. early it actually manifests in that context and i'm, I'm curious because i've never like i i have not heard her give an interview on this she might have i just like haven't seen it but he feels like a character that like she really loved like, and that's why he got, like, I wouldn't, if she was like, I think Neville was one of my favorite characters. I would believe that. Cause you like, I wouldn't only, be surprised. You yeah. like yeah, give I that agree. kind of development and storyline to like a character that you just, Truly for whatever love. reason, really love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the only other, I mean, and like the only other characters who really do get a little bit more of a robust character development, like are like arc, you know, um, are like Hagrid and some of the like more more frontline characters and so it's it's nice that you have neville develop into much more of like part of the core like you know yeah. if you're if you're looking at it from like you know like a theater background or like uh, a tv right he now he's now in the title sequence oh right that's, yep. yeah that's a good way to think of it i wonder if he was like in some of the posters for the last few movies i think he must i think been. he was yeah, yeah. Because oh, actually, it got hot. Well, because actually, for the if I'm remembering, um, the, the last the last movie part two, all their movie posters were like the characters at the Battle of Hogwarts. Yeah, um, and like Neville got his own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I remember, like, yeah. I think I had like a Weasley twins one. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. With Lance Bass, just like in the corner. <laughs> it's called a callback. Yeah. <laughs> People forget that that's actually canon. <laughs> it is canon. It is canon. Oh, we're man. all very unhappy about it uh speak for yourself i want to know all what right. the fans think <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> moving sure. on 
Um, so, okay. So that's, that's order of the Phoenix. Um, so yeah, it is in half blood prince and in deathly hallows, which as I have in our notes where he, he's really on his hero shit at that point, Mm -hmm. um, that like (laughs) skyrockets it. Um, there is a part in half blood prince that like is to me just the saddest Neville. Like it, it is like when I read it, I like my insides get so squirmy and sad. Um, and it's when Neville and Luna are the only members of the of the uh, DA to help the trio Ooh. at the battle of the astronomy tower. And it's yeah. because they signal for help with like the enchanted DA coins. And they're the only two that regularly check it because like they miss their friends so much. And I'm like yeah. about to cry right now thinking about it because yeah. it makes me so sad. It's really it's sad. So sad. Yeah. Ugh. They're but just they do like, come, but they do come and they help because like they're both great people yeah. and they're heroes and like they needed it so much. Oh my gosh. And that's the thing. And like Neville and Luna crack me up too, right? Because they are, I mean, they're the ones that are always there, right? Like I feel like every time they're on the Hogwarts Express, right? Like Luna's not necessarily always there. She's not there until the later books. But mm. when it comes to when it comes to their trip on the Hogwarts Express, it's like, I can't think of, I know there's probably at least one where Neville's not in their compartment, mm. but I can't, maybe it's the second, no, because the second starting, one on the train. Yeah, starting in Prisoner of Aspirin, I think he's just there throughout. He's just always there, right? Because yeah. like, he he wasn't in their compartment originally with Professor mm-hmm. Lupin, but he certainly stumbles in there with Ginny. Yeah. Um, Because he doesn't want to be alone when the Dementors are coming through. Yeah. And like, the all of those all of those things are just like like neville's always there like there's the the scene when he's like super fucking pumped about his plants and he's mm-hmm. like look at my fucking plant and harry's like oh that's cool it's like no so, be more excited about your friend's plant look at your fucking plant and so he's trying you know and like then he covers them all and stinks sap and cho comes in and she's like oh classic neville okay and neville and harry's just like fucking hell and Ginny's just like we should clean this up and she just like (laughs) waves her wand but like neville is just like neville is the person i think my favorite thing about and i think it's because like one i definitely this way but i think one of my favorite things is like listening to my friends be really excited about the really dorky things that they're they're excited about Mm -hmm. um and I love that about Neville. Like he fucking loves his plants. He loves like, he his plants. So pumped. Do you think? Do you think it was? Do you think it was a coincidence that his that Mimbulus Mimbletonia was the password to the common room at that time? <laughs> like, I almost like, think it was like somebody like Professor McGonagall just like took pity on like, like, that lady. He was like, make it plant name yeah <laughs> like i honestly think it was kind of related because was it wait what book was it goblet of fire oh no it, well, so it, was, it was order of the it phoenix was Pris- order of the phoenix yeah okay i was gonna say it was prisoner of azkaban where he lost all the where he wrote down yeah, all the passwords, he lost lost all the passwords yeah, but he yeah. always fucking forgot the password yeah. and like yeah it was definitely the fifth one where he like had the fucking mimbulous mimbletonia and then it was the password and he yeah. was like, <laughs> like get this the fuck out harry <laughs> and harry was like cool buddy (laughs) okay virgin (laughs) (laughs) harry's a virgin too yeah harry's wanted to talk i know i know i know they're all virgins except ron 
I actually have changed my position on that. I don't think Harry was a virgin by the end. I do. I do. We can revisit it. There were just too many memories. I don't think your position position was that he wasn't, though. Oh, really? Yeah, our position was that he's 100%. I'm drunk all the time. (laughs) The only one, well, Fred and and George, even Lance Bass aside, Fred and George, not virgins. No, absolutely um, not. Ron Weasley, not a virgin. Ginny Weasley, not Ginny Weasley, not a virgin. No, no virgin no in the chance. Weasley family. No chance. Not a chance. Not even the ghoul in the attic. Every Weasley fox. Every everybody. Every Weasley, including the gnomes and the ghouls. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but Neville most, most certainly. Oh, absolutely. He might have been a virgin like after he got married, even like. <laughs> Sweet, sweet, sweet Neville. I don't think Harry was a virgin immediately after the Battle of Hogwarts. <laughs> That's fine. I just think that throughout, like what we know from the books, that man is a virgin. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mostly just because he is such an idiot. So dumb. Also, I think J.K. would have been gross enough to tell us. No, I don't think so. It's she, no. She kept under the guise of it being for children. Oh, okay. Like. Even Nazi though by the end of it, they book. were like, let's murder everyone. Yeah. Still for children. Yeah. Yeah. I think the closest she got was Ron and Lavender, where she was <laughs> right. like, I mean, I know they're for kids, but like they're Basically, fucking right. We know that. Right. They're for fucking in broom closets all over the school. All over yeah. the place. Oh my God. To stick it to Hermione, who is a virgin also. Definitely. Okay. Uh, well, uh, this was, I I don't know. I think Victor Crumb is, I think that was possible. But I don't think so. We've already had, we've already had this yeah. discussion. If you'd like to know more, you can go back to <laughs> episode. If you'd like to go back, our opinions clearly haven't changed. <laughs> we've just forgotten them. We've forgotten, forgotten them and then the reestablished same. them and argued them uh, the same exact ways. <laughs> I, b- I believe it was the horniest book episodes. If anyone would like to go back and. Oh, and back in the beginning. And listen, and listen to the early what are still our opinions. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Sean, for that plug. Very yes. good plug. Thank you. Um, All right. Okay. But then we talk- can we just finish up with Deathly oh, Hollows yes, and what he does? Yeah. Totes. Um, so we don't really, unfortunately, we don't get to see a ton of the cool shit that Neville's doing in Deathly Hollows because obviously the trio are not at Hogwarts. Um, but Neville does go back. He Neville has been, fanfic. Yes. Someone, I, I know it's out there. Send us a good one. Um, sure. We know he's leading the resistance inside Hogwarts. He is like brutally tortured by the Caros like all the time um, and finally ends up having to hide out in the room of requirements uh, just to evade them. Um, he fights in the Battle of Hogwarts and kills Nagini, one of Voldemort's last remaining Horcruxes with the Sword of Gryffindor, which he pulls from the Sorting Hat in like a very badass scene. Um <laughs> Where he's like, like on everything's like on fire, and then like he pulls the sword from the hat and he cuts off the snake's head. It's like way cooler in the books than it is in the movie. Yeah, yeah. But he's shirtless in the movie, so we love that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's got like an like a twelfth pack going. Twelfth pack. <laughs> Batman nipples. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like immediately too when the trio shows up, Neville is just like cool. Mm-hmm. We're here. Yeah. We've been fighting on Zick, the ground. What have you been up to? What's we the plan? Need. What's the plan? I've been getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and I think doing camping. They, I think they even say like he like looks like shit. Like he's like yeah. all beat up and bruised oh, and like probably he's been so tortured hot. the whole time. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Very hot is how yeah. I always pictured it. Yeah, Especially definitely bloody. Picture that that down that last page picture just covered in dirt. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Nice. He's, and he's doing been it. sneaking off to the hog's head. 
all the time. Yeah, just like hanging out. How how drunk have Neville and Aberforth got together? I oh, hope God. so drunk. There's fan theories about their relationship. Non-sexual. No. Non-sexual. Non-sexual. Oh, okay. Mentoring. Mentoring. Almost like oh. Harry had Dumbledore, Neville had Aberforth. Yes, I love that. I, I like yeah. that. I yeah. love I would read, that. I would read that. Yeah. Uh, okay, thank God. I was really afraid you were going to a Non-sexual. Just being like, hey, bud, you're working oh. on a resistance. Are you in someone's shadow? Me too. <laughs> Because they're actually like, and Aberforth is like, no, you're wasting your time. And Neville's like, but am I? And he's like, oh, I have some need, underage wizard. But they're like, they're actually such, they're such an interesting parallel to Harry and Dumbledore. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the actual, the better of both of them. Yeah, it's so much. That's wow. What a fun fucking, what a fun parallel. Because their parallel story is way more fucking fun. Like I picture that one is like, so tell me, son. What do you think about goats? <laughs> yeah, very salty. And Neville's like, well, "What do you think about Mimbulus Nimbletonia?" <laughs> and they're both like, "We don't get each other at all. This is fucking stupid, but we don't have anyone else, so let's do it." There's no one but else these to are, talk to. But these are the two things we hyperfixate on. So yeah. let's right. talk like, about it. <laughs> we're both really like very specific things, and let's just fucking go. Yeah, Ugh. and rebelling against a Nazi. Yeah. Yeah. Should we should we dive into why that parallel is even stronger? Oh, yeah. great Lisa, can transition. You, can, can you tell us about the prophecy? I can tell you about the prophecy. Am I supposed to do this in an accent? You no. don't have to. We're going to ask uh, well, you to do it. Well, it seems like you want to now. No, want to. I just I think I just, the conditioning like has worked. You always put me on the spot for, and then I fuck it up eight times, and then I asked you to cut it out, and then you're like, nah, I'm never going to. <laughs> Wait, okay. Check it out. Here's your character. You are a lush you don't have a job. <laughs> You're not feeling hopeful about a job. Talking to this guy who shouldn't even be talking to you because you're kind of full of shit. And you're from the UK. And then you go into a trance. Oh, what, what does that sound like? <laughs> you're played by Emma Thompson in the you're movie version of you. <laughs> oh, I'm fucking going for it. Oh, yeah. So I can just pull, I can just pull on Emma Thompson here. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord approaches. Born to those who have thrice defied him, born as the seventh month dies. And the Dark Lord will mark him as his equal, but he will have a power the Dark Lord knows not. And either must die at the hand of the other, for neither can live while the other survives. The one with the power to vanquish the Dark Lord will be born as the seventh month dies. Shit. Brava. Brava. Thank you. Thank you. How does your throat Um, feel? But yeah, basically, oh, totally fine. (laughs) But basically what that means is there were two possible boys that this prophecy spoke of. Um, And those two boys were Neville, born on july 30th and harry born on july 31st so you have two boys both of whom parents thrice defied him though we don't know what these situations are or like why harry's parents were like so defying Mm -hmm. at the age of 12 yeah um but um neville's parents obviously are like quite famous aurors and they have been like trying to stick it to the man ever since um so that one makes more sense 
Um, so I think it's, it's quite interesting. Um, you know, Dumbledore draws the parallel of the reason that he chose Harry over Neville, despite the fact that his parents made way more sense as the bigger thread mm-hmm. and the pure blood. Um, because Harry drew more comparisons to Voldemort than Neville did um, as a half-blood wizard with a muggle-born mother um, and a pure-blood father, like things like that, right? Like he, he drew more comparisons to Harry versus Neville, which saved Neville in the end, but not his parents. One, one thing that stuck out to me about this, this is a tangent, the, the denial, the thrice denial is a little bit biblical for my comfort. Oh, yeah, I hear that. Sean, I see your face. What's up? No, no, no. I mean, that's, uh, she has, J.K. Rowling has, has talked about being religious. I don't know what, whatever, Anglican or whatever she is. So I know that she did purposely like put a bunch of stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, which side is this on if it's the thrice refusal? Because the the OG version is like you deny, you defy, you deny Christ three times or something. Yeah, what yeah, is yeah, it? yeah, yeah. Yep. That stuck out to me. It's kind of weird. Uh, but three is a magic number. So maybe it's a coincidence. No, it's not. Yeah. And Lisa, like you said, like we don't know anything about um like the original Order of the Phoenix. We like don't know mm-hmm. about what that battle looked like during Voldemort's initial you know, time in power. So we like never get any more details over what are these three major events that both of them went through that, you know, in some way they defied or beat or whatever it was, Mm -hmm. you know, Voldemort. Yeah. 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 Um, So, so who, who, Sean, did you pose this question of how would Neville have changed or been different? Yeah, I think it's so... When when Harry um, finds out about the prophecy at the end of Order of the Phoenix and, you know, Dumbledore is like, yeah, it could have been you or it could have it could have been Neville. And Harry's like, well, could it still be Neville? Like, can I mm-hmm. like kind of pass this torch <laughs> off to him? Like, do I have to do this? Um, and Dumbledore says, like, no, like it's you because Voldemort chose it to be you. So mm-hmm. now, like it, you know, because there's questions of like choice versus destiny throughout the books and mm-hmm. how there wasn't like you know any situation where like well it was actually Neville but he thought it was Harry like by thinking right. it was Harry he made it Harry Cho- yeah. choice trumps destiny um in in Harry Potter um but I think it is interesting to think about if the same situation happened because I, I think Harry like even questions he's like well what if he had gone out after Neville that night like would his mother have died saving him like would Voldemort have been brought down that night Mm -hmm. um and just for like argument's sake let's say that the the whole thing happened the way it happened but it was Neville instead of Harry like what would Neville's life had looked like would he Mm -hmm. still have been this kind of you know late bloomer would he have been this very kind of timid kid when he was younger you know what what would this story look like if if Neville Longbottom was our Harry Potter? Mm-hmm. I love that question. I think 
I think we could look at a couple different things in answering this question. So looking at the support system Neville did have around folks pushing him into bodies of water to demonstrate his magical abilities, we see that had Neville been in Harry's position, he would have had magical like kinfolk to take him in. Um, I think he also would have potentially seen um, like a higher level of like training. Yes. Yeah, I'm like picturing right. it like, like um like T two where it's like he's like the John Connor in that situation, and his grand his grand is just like we got to train you with weapons. We got to like train you to save the world. Yeah. Like what I was thinking of was like, if we're thinking of like Buffy, the vampire slayer, right. Where Mm -hmm. like Buffy gets like zero fucking training at all. And she's just like given a stake and she's supposed to go for it. Yeah. But then Kendra shows up and she's been training for this for her whole life. Well, that brings us to some fan theories that I found. (laughs) Neville is the vampire slayer. Almost. So uh, I found something on the dailyfandom.org about leadership theory and the differences between Harry and Neville. So are either of you familiar with leadership theory? No. Can you, can you explain? Me neither. I don't really fucking know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, There's a couple different ones. Uh, but oh, is it the like you're the spontaneous motivator and like that kind of thing? Other jargony bullshit right. bullshit. Okay. Yeah. Like, like corporate, uh, like leadership workshop stuff. Yeah, exactly. Okay. It's like cited as corporate. So two, two sub theories though, however, um, there's the behavioral theory and the trait theory. Um, so the behavioral theory says we can train people to be leaders. Whereas the trait theory says you're born a leader. So um, this person wrote it as though Neville was behavioral, so became a leader over time, whereas Harry was born a leader. But I would argue still that it was all circumstantial and environmental. Like, I don't think we can boil this down at all to like them being born, but being how being shaped how they were shaped. Um, Now, I guess to walk that judgment back, like Neville did have a magical support system whereas harry had this muggle anti-support system almost like assault system um so harry had to rely on his instinct and his natural gravitation toward connection and his own internal moral compass whereas neville had like a very stern upbringing um but and he didn't have all the advantages that like other wizarding kids would have but he was like I don't know. He he was like he had the advantage of having the magical world at his disposal, I guess. Yeah. Um, so I think that that would have been a main difference between the two had their rules been flipped. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Another that I would like us to consider is that even I don't know if you can completely put aside those factors because you could argue that they impacted what I'm about to say. But I do think when you look at Neville versus Harry, Harry has such a hero complex. He's someone who wants to go about things alone. Maybe that's because he grew up hyper isolated in this way, both from the wizarding community and just like within his own household. He didn't get love. He didn't get attention. Um, He didn't get any of the things that like children need to develop. Um, 
but he he is very much someone who even with the best of intentions is like, I'm going to fix this and I'm yeah. going to Russian and I'm going to save the day, even if he doesn't recognize it as that. I think Neville is more of a natural community builder. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He is someone who is who looks for support systems, tries to build support systems, wants to be a support system for his friends. And yeah. I think it would be interesting to see the protagonist of this book be someone who is naturally craving community Mm. and support systems in a way that Harry just doesn't seem to do. Right. Yeah, Harry's definitely much, like, despite the fact that Harry has Ron and Hermione, like, Harry is much more of a loner than Mm -hmm. Neville is, right? Like, Neville tries to branch out, like, he's friends with, he's friends with Harry and Ron, he's friends with Dean and Seamus, and while, like, Friends with Luna outside the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like he, like he, he certainly does a better job of actually like creating community, and he has no trouble getting people to to band together and and follow his leadership mm-hmm. in the seventh book. Right, like everybody kind of looks to Neville as much as they look to Harry when they yeah. all kind of come together. You know, they all kind of change a frame of reference and like immediately look to Harry. But when Harry doesn't have any answers, they kind of all look to Neville and they're like, yeah. Neville, what the fuck? Yeah, and Neville's like. I fucking know i wasn't with them we (laughs) we see even um so we discussed earlier like them going to the ministry for to save Sirius. neville's like are you fucking kidding me like we started this off to do this thing we're coming with you like whereas harry's like trying to be like who knows if it's a hero complex or just his like survival instinct but it's like i'm going alone so i don't hurt you um but even when they were forming the da the first like back during their like initial meetings about forming the da neville was speaking up like he was like pumping up Harry and like adding evidence to it so I love that you see him as a natural community builder because these are just two different types of emotional intelligence I would say he has a lot more emotional intelligence pretty much everybody has more emotional intelligence than Harry Potter although in Harry's defense he does have like the most evil person in like a lifetime like many lifetimes just like right in his brain yeah that's true Hmm. but he is filled with so much love (laughs) (laughs) do not cut Um, the snort from the episode (laughs) (laughs) but no i think i think you know and the the one point that's brought up in the book is you know harry kind of wonders like would his mother have died for for him the way that his mother's did like his mother did and like would the, the circumstances be the same and um you know I think I think the thing that would be really challenging right is that aside from the fact that like the big thing about Harry right is that Voldemort disappeared um yeah. if that isn't what would have happened like if if Neville managed to survive and 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 all of those things and and Voldemort disappeared yeah, his parents might, his family might have also had like a quite different attitude towards him, right? Yeah. Like everybody yep. thought that his, that Harry was this like powerful, magical wizard because he made Voldemort go away as a baby. Um, and meanwhile, Harry's like, I don't fucking know anything. Lisa holds um, up a peace sign. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I, I fucking got no idea what's happening. And yeah. Neville, like, if, is being treated like he has no idea what's going on all the time. Um, oh, yeah. By everybody. Um, meanwhile, he has a little bit more information. And so it's like, it's interesting. It would be really interesting to see if if Neville had both worlds 
going on at the same yeah. time. Kind right. of exactly what you were saying, Caleb, where yeah. it's like he has this support system that's different and, and it would be really interesting to see how that support system would change versus like where it has been now yeah. because like his support system has never really been very supportive. Right. Um, and so like, would they have been more supportive if they thought that he was this more powerful wizard definitely one of one of you pointed out that it's he doesn't really start getting good at magic until order of the or order of the phoenix when he is in like a safe space where he can learn and make mistakes and not Mm -hmm. feel like yelled at or judged about them and you're right if he was in the position harry was where they people just come in with an automatic kind of higher esteem for him maybe he could have gotten that feeling earlier in his first year where he could make mistakes and people would assume he would get better as opposed to making a mistake and everyone assuming that he's an idiot who's going to keep making mistakes yeah just yeah that he's not worth the time to fix right right i wish i wish his teachers did him better yeah, his teachers really fucking let him down. I mean, the only teacher that really didn't let him down was Professor Sprout. Mm-hmm. And and Barty Crouch Jr. Oh and Barty God. Crouch Damn. Jr. And Lupin, you know. And Lupin, Lupin, yes. Lupin certainly put in an effort, but. It's like, I know you. you your parents were tortured. Right. Yeah. Lupin was like, hey, are you afraid of Professor Snape? Me fucking too. <laughs> I got my secret slip at any time. Uh, you know, and so kind of going through all of these these different different things for Neville like I mean McGonagall as I love McGonagall I am a McGonagall stan but my god she was such a dick to Neville in the fourth book when all of like the Durmstrang and uh, Bo Batten's um the like they're coming in and she's like now don't let any of the the, the Durmstrang teachers know that you can't even do a simple switching spell and he's just like the fuck i'm just standing here also like mcgonagall you knew his you were good friends with his dead parents can you be cool for like a minute no no let me stop you both because the end of that is long bottom kindly do not reveal that you can't even perform a simple switching spell in front of anyone from Durmstrang. professor mcgonagall barked at the end of one particularly difficult lesson during which Neville had accidentally transplanted his own ears onto a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I got the first half of the quote. Right? <laughs> That's fucking funny. I put that Still. in the, my best ofs at the end. <laughs> That's so funny. Like that's incompetent shit. But she then said oh, to him I didn't later. You had that. <laughs> she said to him at a different point in the series, like the only thing lacking, like your work is fine. The only thing lacking is confidence. Like she eventually gets there, but she failed him by not getting there sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, and I think the thing that like she does, she does kind of boost him up when they're doing their like year six newt classes, mm-hmm. um, and she's like going through she's like outstanding i knew you would mm-hmm. you know for for herbology and like certain things like that where she kind of like goes through it and then she gets transfigured she's like i'm just sorry long bottom like acceptable is just not a high enough grade to go through with transfiguration and he like pushes back he's like but grand says i need to do it and like grand says charms is a soft option she's like fuck that you got exceeds expectation that's excellent go mm-hmm. for that class and just because your grand failed it doesn't mean that you will which you is need, solid you should go for nice. it yeah and like so she does she does do her best but she could have done better she could have done better yeah done better. for the kids with no parents like, goddamn 
And also, like, God, what the fuck was Snape doing teaching in the school? So. I think they said the state. Snape. <laughs> state. So I do have a question about the prophecy. Um, I'm a little drunk now. So, no. okay. So we get, so Voldemort get, help me with the logistics. Voldemort gets the prophecy after the boys are born or before. After. So he, he only gets part of the prophecy. Okay. Yes, because he only gets the half that Snape hears. So yeah. the first half or the second half? First half. First half. Okay. So he's like, all right, all right, all right. I got two options. Let all me right, put all my resources right. toward one option. I personally, yeah. I would have killed both kids. That's what I'm saying. So I, when, both kids. Was I think that was a, I think that was a problem. I think he fucked but up. He went to Harry first, and Harry died. And Harry he needs him. to diversify his portfolio. Also, you send someone else to do that. Okay, you yeah. got goons. You're Voldemort. You I'm not goons. killing anyone myself. Are this you is, from you New send, Jersey? Yeah, this is like mafia rules. Okay, you yeah. send your capos to get these guys, and you stay back. Yeah. So I know you love Soprano, Sean. So, um. <laughs> So he's like, all right, I got two options. I got apparently limited resources. At what point were the potters put under additional protection? And why weren't the long bottoms put under additional protection? It was well, after the we prophecy. Don't, we don't know that they weren't. Okay. That's true. They don't say that Good they call. weren't. Um, and it's also quite possible, too, that like Voldemort really did see more threat in Longbottom, in Neville Longbottom, but he didn't really want to go toe-to-toe He was with too scared. He was too scared. Yeah, because, okay, do we know what, so we know the Longbottoms were, like, celebrated ours. What yeah. did the Potters do? Do we know? What was their they job? They were trust fund They were kids. high school graduates. Yeah. Like, they didn't do anything, right? They were just well-liked no. and Quidditch and well, not were, shit. I guess, you know what, if I were Voldemort, I'd probably go after them, too. They definitely seem like the easier kill. If yeah, you I mean, were a exactly. megalomaniac, well, I guess if you're a megalomaniac, you're going to go after where you think you won't get defeated. Okay, because this is the other, I mean, yes, right? Because this is the thing that, like, always, this is another grievance I'm going to air. Air it. So, they don't seem to actually know any magic by the time they get to their seventh year. And Who's yet, they? by the time, everyone, <laughs> all of the students at Hogwarts. They're like, and, us. <laughs> But then by the time they all graduate, they're supposed to be like exceptional witches and wizards. Yeah. And it's like. No grad school required. What? No college like, required. Oh, what happens in the last two months at Hogwarts that makes them know all the spells? Um, sexual because awakening. They, they don't seem to know most of them by the time they get to the seventh year. And I just like. What is this education system? I know we've already done it, but like. For more notes, you should see our episode on the education system. (laughs) I think I just keep popping in with grievances, but that is my biggest grievance because it's like, how the fuck did James and Lily become such good fucking wizards that they were like a number one adversary against Voldemort at the age of 19? Unclear. Let's consider everyone's bad. Hmm? What? What if Ooh, everyone? There we go. Everyone's bad at magic. Bad at no, magic. but everyone's bad at magic. Are they just a dying order? Yeah, I think they're just like I, again. I I think we just give them so much credit they don't deserve. Just like what if everyone is really only subpar at magic, and so it just like doesn't take that much to rise to the top. 
It's fair. But like, wow. we know that some people aren't subpart magic, right? Like we know that like Sirius is good at magic and we know that Dumbledore is good at magic and we know that Molly Weasley is good at magic. Like we know these things, but like, why are they good at magic? But all of this new generation of students is like really fucking average. I'm just magic. saying, I think good at magic might be a relative term. <laughs> <laughs> that is fair. That is fair. I, will, I wonder. I don't fucking know. They're all idiots. I think they're so dumb. It's God. The, the bloodline is our right. population bottlenecking. What? Can I, okay. So just one, <laughs> one final point before we start wrapping up. Okay. Can we talk about Neville's like eventual, like where he ends up and why oh, it's yes. bullshit. He does not end up with Luna Lovegood. No, because Luna ends up with like the grandson of Newt's commander. I, th- the entire time in all of these books, you're like, oh, like, Luna and Neville are endgame. They're always together. Like, they care about each other. He's always worried about her. Like, they're going to end up together. Yeah. And then in the epilogue, they're like, oh, he's with what? Hannah Abbott? Hannah Abbott. Wait, no, you- they don't say that in the epilogue. No, I think they... Or no, they, they say that canon. he's just the herbology teacher. It's canon that he's with Hannah It is Abbott. canon, though. It's wiki... Uh, Hannah Abbott? HP wiki, yeah. 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 It can't be Plain ass. canon, because I didn't know about it. Plain ass. I definitely knew that, and Hannah I'm not Abbott. like... I'm not big like extended universe. I am also not. I'm pretty big extended universe, but this is pretty closed universe. <laughs> what the fuck? I did yeah. not know. So, this. like, how are you gonna give Neville this incredible character development and then be like, oh, we're gonna pawn you off on this like D-list Hogwarts student? Yeah. This is like Ernie, this Ernie McMillan castaway. <laughs> um uh, maybe, uh, maybe they. Yeah, have I got like nothing on that fire one. Fire sexual charge. Yeah. So the know. fact that she's a Hufflepuff. He's a Hufflepuff. Yeah. I have never, ever, ever forgiven them for not having Neville end up with Luna. That one is a big bunch of bullshit. And we didn't even get the essay that like Luna was queer, so it doesn't right. make any that, sense. That would have been the only thing I would have like given them a pass Accepted. on. Yeah. But then they're like, no, she ends up marrying this character who wasn't even a character. Right. Luna should have just ended up with Ginny. Agreed. And then, oh. Ron, and then Ron and Harry would have been free to be together. Okay. <laughs> or Harry and Draco. Or Harry and Draco, as all the oh. fan fiction wants. Right. Ron and Hermione feel like that's correct. Um, you know. I know they're not your parents, but, you know, close enough. Um, <laughs> and, <wish>. then, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and then Harry could be with Draco, and then Luna and Ginny can get together, and uh, Ron, uh, or Fred and George can end up with Lance Bass. Everybody's Perfect. happy. Everybody Everybody's wins. happy. Everyone's happy. Everybody Everyone lives. is thrilled. Wow. So, Sean, I agree with you. I think that, I think that we were, like, Luna and Neville baited Yes, we were absolutely Luna and Neville Beta. Yes, we were. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it would have made us too happy, I think. She didn't want to give us too much joy. Yeah. It does make me happy that he became a professor. But I also think he could have done cooler shit. So according to Harry Potter Wiki, he was very briefly an R and then became an herbology professor, which Mm -hmm. like sounds right. Relatable. Neville's not a cop. I relate a lot. Neville's too good to be a cop. Neville's way too good to be a cop. Agreed. Yeah. Yes. Also still mad that Harry's a cop. 
Uh, whatever. We tracks. knew it was going to happen. He yeah. should have been it a Quidditch it player, tracks. but it tracks. It does track. But he should have been a Quidditch player. Uh, can we talk about long bottoming? Yes. What yes. does it mean, so, Lisa? The best thing about long bottoming is the fact that Neville Longbottom, who is a, you know, everybody who thinks of, we've already talked about all of the things that everybody thinks of Neville, that he's Mm -hmm. like dorky and awkward and like pathetic and all of these things, which aren't true. However, he's definitely dorky and weird, but like, that's a good thing. Um, But like all of these things that are not necessarily associated with being just like a smoke show, Mm -hmm. right? But long bottoming is the like number one term for going from just like your 12 year old loser self to giant smoke show that you are now. And like this trajectory of this like huge massive glow up that is unprecedented and no one saw coming. And I think that's beautiful. It's so beautiful. I keep keep looking at the notes and like, Caleb, you put that picture in and it's just like distracts me every time. It is so so shocking how hot he is. I've been peeping at his chest like every time I look away from the screen and it's very hot for like an hour and a half. Yeah. I'm a little bothered. (laughs) Absolutely get it. And he knows that he can get it. And he's worked hard to get it. You can tell. Like, He's put in the work and so has fucking Neville. Yeah. And his long bottom glow up is that he is just like the hero that the world didn't know they needed. Any, uh, okay. Parting shots. Any best of Neville moments for y'all that you like? Let's see. Some of my very, very favorite Neville moments. Uh, Well, I've already talked about it in the one before this, I think, where we talked about how the pet one where I love that Neville keeps Trevor under his hat. Oh, it's so cute. I think that's like the one of my very like most special Neville things. Like, I think that's just so cute. Like he just like keeps Trevor here and he keeps him safe. Such a cute guy. I love the I'm worth 12 of you Malfoy moment. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. I do too. So I wish awesome. that made it into the movies. Me too. That's the Neville moment I wish that we had gotten to see. Oh, and when yeah. he tries to fight Crabbe and Goyle at the Quidditch match. Yeah, and yeah. Snape's like, let go of him because if he, if he dies, I have to do a lot of paperwork. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think um, mine is just when he loses all the passwords. That's like yeah. my favorite. <laughs> yeah. That's my favorite thing. But there's the scene depicted where McGonagall's like, who the fuck? Which this? abysmally foolish person wrote down this week's passwords and left them lying around and he slowly puts his hand. Yeah. And like, that's like the was... end of the chapter. Like, yeah. 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 You don't get to like see what happened. You just know that he got in a ton of fucking trouble. Last oh. thing. Last thing. Yeah. He's sometimes so I did a lot of like reading about him and fan forums today and stuff and i find that he's depicted as becoming a gryffindor as finally like symbolically shown with him taking the sword of gryffindor but i think he's like the most hardcore always a gryffindor the whole time like i I don't think it was an arc to becoming no i think it's like if anything it was becoming a gryffindor the second he requested to be a gryffindor yeah you know? Well, he never requested to be in Gryffindor. He wants to be in Hufflepuff. 
because that's Harry, what he was question. pleading to be. Oh, it was the opposite. He yeah, was he was asking to be Hufflepuff. Me to be a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Oh, that poor hat. Funny. That poor hat. Well, then I think it's even more hilarious than like. I, I, I think it's very much um I think it's in I'm pretty sure it's it's Game of Thrones where um the one character says like well how can you be brave if you're scared and I think it's like Ned Stark who's like you can only be brave if you're scared yeah interesting um and that's like I, I feel like Neville has that like opposite path to bravery that Harry has where like Harry is so brave that he's like a liability to those mm-hmm. around him and like doesn't really understand like fear in a way that would like keep him or his friends alive mm. and like Neville yeah. is more of those like he is so scared of so much and yeah. in overcoming that like that's where his Gryffindor comes out yeah, yeah. I agree with that Gosh. I think that's super accurate I think he's artfully written he he's great he's a great character we we're gonna have to do a, a deep dive into a character we do not feel as passionately about Ooh. as we do like Neville and Ron because they are they are both just characters that I love so much more as an adult should we put it out to our listenership friends to tell like us who they would like to see? Who yeah, would I would love you, to know. Who would you like to see profiled? Who you don't yeah. like so much? Because we'll go the fuck in. Yeah. And I you, think that's fun. Y- you should tell us on Instagram. Oh. Our handle is at we'll watch. Wait, we'll put wait. out a survey. Well, yeah, oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll put in our yeah. stories. Okay. Um, but our Instagram is at watcher Harry podcast. Um, you can also email us if you hate yeah. yourself and love not getting replies at watcherharrypod at gmail.com we're due for our once a year check so that'll come up in the next couple months yep. in theory maybe yeah. but instagram we do we do respond to things we do check that one mostly sometimes we do our best we do our best we we're all trying so hard if you email us and we don't respond we'll give you a dollar no we won't we really won't. No, we um, won't. No, we won't. <laughs> we will think about it. We'll respond when we see it. Yes. We won't. And we'll apologize a lot. Yes. No. So tell us uh, who you hate, who you want us to deep dive into. Unless yeah. it's Peter Pettigrew. We've talked oh. about him enough. He's oh, gross wow. and we don't, we don't like him. We don't need to talk about him anymore. Anyone yeah. else is fine. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you, Thanks, guys. Y'all. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. The Watcher Harry podcast is hosted by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, Lisa Moen, and Caleb Kelleher. Our editing is done by me, Sean Fitzpatrick, and our theme music is Dance Macabre Busy Strings by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. It's licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.